This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 601 of the Dressage Radio Show, official podcast of the United States Dressage Federation on the Horse Radio Network, brought to you by ProStride. Well, we have a great show lined up for you, starting with Brooke Irvin Martz, a junior rider teaching specialist from Washington State. And then we are excited to interview Natasha Althoff all the way from Australia about her online education program, followed by a book review with Horse Radio Network auditor, Katja Korsh. And then we wrap it up with a great trainer tip by Christy Wysocki. Reese Koffler Stanfield from Loxahatchee, Florida. And this is Philip Parks from Rockwood, Ontario, and you're listening to the Dressage Radio Show. Hi, Phil. Hi, Reese. How are you doing? I'm good. It's it's been busy down here, I'm not gonna lie. Well, you've been showing, you've been yeah. teaching, you've been what else? Yeah, showing that's teaching. That's about it. Yeah. Lifing, yeah. <laughs> that's about that's about I, I've been a lot of walking. Um, yeah, it's been, it's been crazy. We're, we're going at it. Like, um, I had my first Grand Prix on bingo this week. Um, and so that was really exciting and, uh, it was, it actually was quite, quite good. Uh, definitely things we can, uh, improve on as we can always say, but, um, I think when you, and, and I think everyone can relate when you have a new horse, I think one of the hardest things arguably is to go down the center line. Because yeah, it's not just, just get out there. You, yeah. you, didn't, know, you didn't know what was going to happen. You, you had no idea. But it wasn't with you. And I, I right? think that's, uh, that's quite a big accomplishment. Yeah. And I mean, even just stuff like, you know, I mean, I, I respect, I mean, loading the horse on the trailer and going to a new showgrounds and how does that work? And, um, so, you know, we, we really, and, and we, we, we talk a lot about it on the show as well. And, you know, you have to practice what you preach. And so, uh, we came to Florida in December early a little bit so that it would give us time to get him settled, but also just take him off the property, uh, safely. But everything we have been able to do here in Florida has been actually very COVID safe and we were pretty sensitive. I'm, I'm pretty sensitive to that. Um, but we've been able to go to different farms and, uh, my coach Scott Hassler has been amazing and Sarah Turry, my horse's nannies have been, uh, has been great. So we've been working hard and going places and, you know, even just loading them on the trailer and taking them then going other places. So, uh, we've been very systematical about it. And so once we got down the center line, I, I, you know, it, it felt really good and, uh, it was really a pleasure. That's, that's fantastic. That's, that's just a huge success. Um, yeah. you know, yeah. right there, you know, it is. And I haven't ridden the oh. Grand Prix and oh, it's been a decade. I mean, it's been a long time and you, you know, riding the Grand Prix, Oh, it, it, it's such a mental, physical game as well. Um, it's, it's so hard and, and I think it's, it's all relative, right? I mean, going to your first horse show and any horse is hard. The Grand Prix is very, very difficult. And I, I honestly forgot a little <laughs> on how mental it was. And so, uh, it's kind of fun to be back in that game now. So it's been great. And, and one of the cool things, and, and arguably the reason we come to Wellington and, 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 Florida is in the morning. I rode a Grand Prix in the afternoon. We literally took a horse to his first horse show and we took another mare who uh, hasn't been to a horse show in six years to a horse show. So it was quite a weekend of, uh, you know, literally Grand Prix at global to first horse show with a off the track thoroughbred. So, um, they were both yeah, exciting running, running the whole, the, the whole yeah. gamut of, of, of all the things that we talk about here on the show and actually getting out and doing it and yeah and yeah. Uh, listening to your own advice i think is uh, <laughs> i think so important. And, you know, they're, they're all challenges, right? Um, the one young free, well, she's not a young Frisian. She's, she's actually 14. She's not young, uh, but she hadn't been to a horse show in six years. So, I mean, that was just, we know the horse pretty well and she's been in training since May. So we, we know her, um, but we didn't know her when we got her to the horse show. Uh, it she was like, excited. 
whoa, I mean, we weren't, <laughs> we were, we were not ready for that. And thankfully we had a friend that was there that had a lunge line cause we needed it. Um, and, okay. and she had to hack down. So, uh, there's two different showgrounds here, uh, in our neighborhood, there's one where you can, we hack to. So it's about, it's about a half a mile walk from the barn. So that brings its own challenges than <laughs> going to the horse show at global, uh, which is another set of challenges and different skills. And we've been practicing with them going to the horse show, but we haven't gone into the horse show because obviously you can't go in the horse show grounds on, on not a horse show weekend. So yeah, it was really, it was really fun. It was a lot of challenges and, uh, but that was great. So it's why we're here and it's, uh, you know, what we're doing. And, you know, the other nice thing here is you can take horses to different farms. I, you know, I have friends in the neighborhood and, and that's pretty cool. So it, it, it is, it is good. And, uh, all challenges as you can imagine. And, uh, the, the young thoroughbred, we didn't really have any aspirations to ride him necessarily at the horse show this weekend. We just took him to school and he'll probably school now for the next couple horse shows, just so he gets down there and, and learns that it's not so exciting. And, and then uh, he doesn't but, need to go fast. And he doesn't need to go fast. I mean, again, that's very difficult to walk a, a young thoroughbred down the street. Uh, but you know, we're going to keep doing it until he's good at it. And and we can do that for the next three or four months when, that we're here. So it was a great weekend. Uh, we actually go right back at it with uh, Bingo and I are doing the Grand Prix next week. This time, no whip because in a CDI, there's no whips. You can't take a whip in with you. So, so and then we're going to ride the Grand Prix special. And Phil, I was thinking we need to have Patty Mayer back on the show. We have not gone through the Grand Prix special and I want to go through it for myself. So we have to have yeah. her back on, <laughs> but yeah, the Grand Prix like special. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, um, it's a totally different test of, of riding. So that'll be really exciting. I'll have to give you guys a full report after next week. So I'll keep you in tune for sure. Fantastic. Well, uh, we got a kind of a longer show. We do week, just because, uh, we want to, we wanted to bring you guys, you know, all the, all the people we had lined up and, you know, I think we've been doing a little bit longer shows and, and we've enjoyed it and we've enjoyed kind of getting extra guests and, and, uh, you know, talking to more people and it's fun. Yeah, it's fun. And we know we were sensitive. I mean, Phil, you're in lockdown, right? Um, you can go to yeah. the barn, correct? But you're yeah, in lockdown right now. I go, I go and ride, but they've canceled lessons. So, mm. yes. Yeah, we're sympathetic to all, yeah, to all riders in all situations. And, uh, you know, if if our show helps you or to keep up your spirits or to teach you something, that's what we're all about. Absolutely. We're, we're really excited and, and we've got the book review today. Um, uh, so we, we hope you've been able to read the book and we have a new book coming. Uh, so we're excited about all that program and, and we've given you now some, some new, uh, ideas on some online programs. Uh, and that was strategic from Phil and I. So, um, you guys can all be working on that and, and continue to move forward. And Phil, I've got to tell you, I'm stepping up that old fitness routine. <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> oh, my friend uh, who's been on the, uh, been on the show, Geraldine Gibson, because again, here in Florida, right. It, it is open in Florida, but uh, we, we are essentially in lockdown. We go to the horse show and we go to the barn and that's it. But I do walk with her every evening and we're almost up to a hundred miles now. And uh, I did almost four miles before we did the show tonight. And I'm like, I started sitting down. I'm like, Oh, I'm tired, but I'm stepping up my own fitness game to be ready for riding and in the Grand Prix. But it's also been fun to have a, a really good workout partner. So I'm just going to throw that out as a tip to everyone. This has been really helpful for me. Uh, Gerilyn is, she's no joke. Like, let me tell you, I'll be like, I'm tired. She's like, I'll meet you at four 30. Like I'm tired. <laughs> and, uh, but to have, I will, I I've never had such a great dedicated workout buddy and she's been awesome. So I'm going to just, I'm going to give her a shout out, but also, uh, just, just to recommend find a good workout buddy. And I mean, I could easily just be, I could find 85 other things that I could be doing instead of walking four miles, but it's been great. It's been great to get out. And let me tell you, every time I walk back into my house, I feel better. I've seen my friend. I've been able, we've been chatting and obviously there's a lot politically going on here in the United States. So it's been fun to have someone to talk to. And it's just been, um, I've never had that before in my whole life and, uh, want to recommend it for everybody. So get a good workout buddy and shout out to Gerilyn Gibson, uh, for being mine. So, uh, let us know if you have a good workout buddy, we'd like to hear about it. Well, Phil, we're going to jump into the show with Brooke Irving Martz. We hope you enjoy her interview. 
Well, tonight we are so excited to have Brooke Irving Martz on the show. She owns and operates Kellenbrook Farm in Gig Harbor, Washington, alongside her sister, Kelly. Welcome to the show, Brooke. Thanks for having me, you guys. I'm excited to be here. We are thrilled to have you. And we were just chatting offline. And it's I am so happy to have you because you really specialize in youth. And that is so cool. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your operation? So in 1996, my parents could not afford my sister and I's hobby anymore. And we talked them into buying a little farm down the road. And in order to have horses, we had to take care of three other horses on the property to afford our horses. So it kind of got us in our grassroots steps of what it was like taking care of horses. And the neighbor walked down the road and said, would you teach our daughter riding lessons when we were in high school? And so we just kind of were like, yeah, we can teach a kid down the road to ride a pony. So it started our teaching and interaction with kids. And one thing led to another, and it's become our niche in our farm. And our goal is to take kids that are aspiring horse kids to be um, entrepreneurs in the dressage community and go through the walk trot to kids up through the young riders. So over the years, most of the kids that we've taken out, we have taken from never riding a horse before up through the young rider world and on to saddle fitters in California to grooms and working students in Florida and beyond. And so it's kind of our specialty to promote dressage to kids. That's uh, that's pretty fantastic. Bless you for doing that. Bless you. Um, I, <laughs> I, I find that I find kids really challenging and, and I'm so, I'm so grateful. I'm so glad that there are people out there like you who are are introducing the next generation of riders and generations beyond and and ride, professional riders as well as people who are going to keep an interest in horses for life you know that that's what that's what our sport thrives on so i just have to say a personal thank you to to you and your sister of course yeah, absolutely we think of the teaching the kids as natural and something easy to do and our peers in the community are like, that's so hard. We can teach the adults. And my sister and I laugh because adults are our are, are challenge to teach. And I think it's because we started teaching and interacting with the kids so young that we found a way to interact and develop and relate to them and talk to them in a, in a way that allows them to understand what you're talking about, like we talk about putting your heels down, making your feet look like your toes are ice cream and your heels are the ice cream cone. An adult you can't talk to in a in a fun and candid way in that term and get it across as easily. And with the kids, what we've found is is that they believe you and they trust you. Adults do too, but in a but we want to analyze it and they want to talk about it. And the kids they, they, they're like, you're the adult, you tell us what to do. And so we're like, you can do it. And we're their biggest cheerleaders as we're teaching them. And they, they just, you, they blossom and you see it. And the kids thrive off of that interaction and relationship. So Brooke, I don't, I don't have children myself, but I have, I have nieces um, who ride my nephew. I have a nephew as well, but he's not as into the riding. He really likes the tractor part of the farm. So that's also awesome. But I will tell you, even um, in, in our area, we have, we have really not a ton of youth coaches. So I always, and, and, and I have a dear friend that is wonderful, but she's pretty far from my sister. So it's, it's difficult for her to get there. Uh, but it, it truly is a gift to teach littles because, um, I, I don't want to teach my niece. Honestly, I, I like to literally just be the aunt and tell her she's amazing and clap and tell her she's great with her pony. Um, yep. <laughs> so it is, it is really hard to find a youth coach and just just a general question, like when you're when you're looking for a youth coach, what are some things you you would suggest people look for? I think it's you know I think a youth coach has to be fun. They have to feel they make the kids feel comfortable in their environment. Have a good school horse string if it's 
starting at the grassroots. And I think that's something that's really hard is to find a good program with safe, reliable school horses. All of our school horses have been hand-me-down ex-competition horses that have literally been hand-given to us because they're not ready to completely retire. So they were, they're not something that we've gone out and purchased. But a good, a good school horse program, somebody that's fun, energetic, engaging, that the kids don't feel intimidated by, um, and somebody that builds them up. You know, a lot of teach coaches, I mean, I've had coaches back in when I was younger, especially when I started out in the hunter jumper, that were not kind. They were condescending. They were not the, hey, you can go do it you just keep going kind of mentality. They're like, well, you didn't get it. So you should just stop kind of um, person. And I think that that's what keeps the kids going. You know, when the kids come out of the ring and they've had a bad ride, I'm like, yeah, but you've all this, it's going to get better. It's you can, you're going to get there. You're going to keep going. I mean, we've had kids that have gone into championship rides and their horses have taken off bucking. And I'm like, yeah, but you didn't fall off. You kept going. The judge rewarded you for your good moments. Yeah, you lost control and you had something happen. And it was a hiccup. And it's and it's keeping the encouragement and their outlook that anything is obtainable. They don't need the million-dollar horse because every day is a moment that they're perfecting themselves with the goal that they have in front of them. And, you know, what I've told all of my parents and all of the kids that have come through my program, some of you have aspirations to go to the Olympics. Some of you have aspirations to have a good relationship with a horse. And some of you want to do this for pleasure and a relaxation as a way to get out of the house. And riding for horses for everybody is not the same. And it's okay. That doesn't mean you're not a horse person or you're not going to be competent taking care of your horse. It's we drive off of different desires. And some of us choose to compete. Some of us choose to have a relationship and some of us choose the pleasure aspect and none of that's and I just don't discourage any kid that walks through the door but you can tell the ones that thrive and you want to take every kid to where they want to go and we encourage them all to go to the top but that doesn't mean they all want to and that's okay I love that our kids jump yeah. Oh, even better. Like I, I love that because when I think that's great advice for everyone, right? Like everybody rides for a different reason. And, and so I love that sometimes it is just to be with your horse and even myself as a professional rider. And I bet you and Philip as well. Like I have, I, I have horses that I just, they're mine and I love them and I love being around them. And yes, I have big goals for them, but at the end of the day, um, you know, they do make me smile and I enjoy being around them. That's why I do this job. So I think you can take that relationship and, and, and take it to other people as well. I love how you were talking about school horses because maintaining the school horses, I think those horses are, are just blessed animals because, you know, they, they need to be maintained as well. And, and you maintain them, you use pro stride, right. Um, as a great tool to maintain these, like you said, they're not quite ready to retire, but they do need some maintenance usually. Right. They do. And, and, you know, we've been gifted with older horses and it's a lot of our older clients or horses for our clients have gotten older over the years. And what we have, you know, we have a ton, a several of the horses that are quite metabolic and, you know, injecting them with steroids is always is, is scary, you know, with the foundering and the laminitis, it can all happen with the, with steroids. The ProStride has given us a very good alternative for these older they're geriatric, but not ready to retire kind of horses, giving them a safe alternative to relieve inflammation, help stabilize the quality of those joints to give them more years to get back to the, the, their riders that they need to teach the next up and coming generation of what, you know, how to ride a flying change or how to ride a pirouette. And you know, even some of our older, our clients' horses that are hitting in their 20s, we just injected one recently that, you know, his cushing levels are over the top, but he was a little stiff in his stifles. We injected his stifles with ProStride and the horse has not moved better in the last five years. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is, this is crazy. And we just now injected that horse's neck 
And I, he's so loose and so supple and even better than we have had as a reaction from uh, steroids in that particular horse. So it's been a really exciting to have some alternatives to come along, especially using it in some of our upper level um, young rider horses as well, giving them some safe alternative rather than putting steroids, which we know isn't great for the joints, giving something that gives them an anti-inflammatory, promotes good slowing down of the tissues and the cartilage inside of the joint as an opportunity to prolong these horses' competition lives and keep them comfortable and healthy for us to do what we want to do with them and give them the opportunities to give back to their riders. So we've been talking to people about their personal experiences with, uh, with pro stride. Can you just let us know how long ago maybe you were introduced to the, to the product and, and, and how you were introduced to it? Yeah. So our, we were introduced, um, about a year, year and a half, a year and a half ago, maybe now two years ago, about a year and a half ago, to ProStride through our doc, uh, vet, Dr. Steve Latimer and his um, associates up at Northwest Equine here in Washington. And, you know, we, we were faced with, we can't inject some of these horses with steroids because they're, they were, their metabolic issues were, you know, not safe enough and they weren't ready to retire and they were healthy otherwise. And he gave it to us as an, as an idea when he first started to use it himself. And, you know, we were a little bit like, Oh, something different, something new. How is it going to work? You know, and we were a little skeptical and, you know, we did one horse and we're like, huh, that's doing, that horse is doing very well. He's looking, he's sounder, he's more comfortable. He's happier doing his job. And we've slowly been transitioning all of our, our horses over to pro stride as we've gone along just because we've had good positive um uh, uh, responses from it and we feel like it's a safer alternative to our horses versus the other um more traditional methods wow it sounds it sounds again i think what you're doing with school horses and littles i think it's amazing so how can our listeners find some more information about you and your farm online you can co- look up, up on uh, through Facebook for Kellenbrook Farms. Um, we have a business page on there and you guys can, anybody can message us and contact us via that way. And um, yeah, so thank you. Oh, fantastic. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show and telling us about Pro Stride and your, and your program as well. We loved hearing it. Thank you guys. Very much appreciated to be on the show too. This Nutrition Minute is brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products, the company that simplifies your search for research-proven nutritional supplements at kppusa.com. The horse that matters to you matters to Kentucky Performance Products. Researchers have confirmed that as horses age, they naturally become less sensitive to insulin and more susceptible to health problems caused by too much sugar in the diet. One way to reduce the sugar content in a horse's diet is to replace sugar-laden grains with a high-fat supplement. Fat is an extraordinary energy source. It is readily utilized by the horse and contains more than two times the calories of sugary grains. Equijewel Stabilized Rice Bran is an excellent fat supplement. It contains a balanced calcium-to-phosphorus ratio and won't cause mineral imbalances when added to the diet. Its all-natural ingredients are high in healthy fat and fiber. Best of all, Equijewel allows owners to easily replace the calories previously supplied by sugary grains. When you need to add healthy calories to your horse's diet, choose Equijewel. To learn more, visit Kentucky Performance Products at kppusa.com. And now a quick word from EcoGold Saddle Pads. No slipping, no sliding, no problem. EcoGold Secure Saddle Pads are engineered to keep the horses back comfortable while keeping the saddle in place for a safe, competitive ride. They have impact protection through the seat and the ultra-thin flaps provide the rider with better communication and a more stable riding position. Available in both English and Western styles, shop the entire collection at ecogold.ca.
Well, tonight we are very excited to have Natasha Altoff of YourRidingSuccess.com as part of our internet resource guide. Natasha, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Super pumped. Well, we are we are not going to lie. This may be the first time we have had everyone in four countries. So we're really excited. We're, we're literally pan-global right now, and, and that makes Phil that and I so, so cool. I know, it's so cool, the magic of the <laughs> internet. So Natasha, tell us about yourself. Yeah. Uh, start off with that. Okay. So um, I, like I think anyone who just loves horses, grew up, learning there's a cat, a dog, and a horse, and I wanted the horse, the horse, the horse, the horse, the horse. Anytime it was Christmas or a birthday, can I have a horse, a horse, a horse? And my parents said, no, 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 for years. And I actually think that was probably a good thing because um, uh, it just made me want it more and made it more hungry. Maybe if they'd given me one when I was three, I would have stopped. So desperately wanting one, desperately wanting one, desperately wanting one, turned into a teenager, and as all teenagers do, went a little bit not sure of my way and my aunt actually said to my father you idiot she's been asking for years of something that will occupy all her time all her energy all her focus and all her you know spare time on weekends and after school and you've said no and the very next day I got told I was allowed a horse so (laughs) for that Yes. Oh, more dads um, need to hear that, then, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. This should go on a billboard. Um, <laughs> parenting 101. And um, then I, I knew nothing about nothing. I just wanted a horse and I wanted to go fast. I wanted to do everything that I had read in the saddle club. Um, and I wanted to have this bond with my horse and I wanted to just canter bareback across the plane um, and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. But then, you know, as the saddle club talks about, there's, there's competition. So we went, okay, we're going to go to a pony club. And that's when I, I realized I was an, actually a very competitive person. And I started off in grade five, which is the worst grade. And I just went, okay, what do I have to do to get to grade one? I got to get to grade one, got to get to grade one, got to get to grade one. And then at about grade one, I went, oh, okay, so am I, I, am I an Olympian now? Is this the Olympics? Because grade five, I thought grade one looked like Olympians. So I'm like, I've arrived. And I had not arrived. Um, <laughs> realized I knew nothing. Started competing um, the, the official dressage grades um, in Australia and started at the bottom. And I remember coming out going, I think that was a good test. And then realizing, like, I never hit the long side once. I just did my <laughs> test in, like, 20 by 15, even though it was a 60 by 20. It was just, I had no idea, no idea. I didn't even know a correct, by grade one, I knew a correct lead, but um, yeah, I just didn't know what I didn't know. But again, very competitive, very competitive. Um, Okay, Um, I got to start doing what the Grand Prix, at least I knew I was at preliminary and I had to get to Grand Prix. It looked pretty easy from trotting on the spots and skipping. How hard could that be? Um, Realized that's actually very hard. (laughs) And then along the way, I'd always, again, as a child, wanted a black stallion. Black stallion, black stallion, black stallion. So ended up um, traveling to America for a month to stay with uh, Sabine Schutz. Terry at Proud Meadows at the time, um, where she had been taking Frisians to Grand Prix, and this was my thing. I was like, okay, I have to bring a Frisian to Grand Prix. Came home, went to Holland, um, brought home two stallions because I couldn't pick between them, and <laughs> ended up being the first person in Australasia to bring a Frisian all the way from nothing to Grand Prix. Took that's huge. Years. That's hard. Yeah. It. Yeah, and I think that's what started it all. I, I'm not, I'm not blessed with, you know, anything for this sport. Um, ca- like my character is very crazy, very busy, very um, so near enough is good enough. I'm not a perfectionist. Um, and dressage is all of those. It's everything I'm not. So I really struggled. I just, I hated it. I like it, the only reason I kept doing it was because I. I'm competitive. I have to do it. But I didn't enjoy it. I felt frustrated all the time. I had no idea what people were saying, what they were talking about. None of it made sense. And it was just a really, 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 really hard journey for me. So um, when I created Dressage Mastery, it was like, okay, now I know how easy it can be. I want to simplify it because I think we all get, you know, the complex it is complex, but to turn the complex into simple is, you know, what you have to do to be able to make it a fun, easy kind of journey. So maybe you could tell us a little bit about about your program and, and how how that turns the complex mysteries of dressage 
into uh, a simplified process. Yeah, yeah. So I liken it to making a cake. Like um, I literally felt, I always said this about dressage. Dressage is like looking for a needle in a haystack and not even knowing it's a needle you're looking for. That's how lost I was. Um, (laughs) Very hard to do. So um, I wanted to simplify it a little bit like making a cake. If someone says just make a chocolate cake and you know nothing, you're like, I'll put chocolate into a into a kind of a tin and put it in the oven. Like, I don't know about flour. I don't know about sugar. I don't know about, um, uh, I'm not very good at baking, so excuse me. You know, you know, <laughs> um, <laughs> all, all the ingredients. Um, but then, yeah, yeah, the ingredients. And then, um, you know, then you learn a bit more about dressage. And then I kind of knew the ingredients. I knew there was an outside rain, there was an inside rain, there was legs, there was feet, there was hands, there was mindset, there was, um, the, you know, the way the horse had to go. I know the pole had to be the highest point. I know you wanted it straight. All these kinds of realms of ingredients. Great. How much? And it didn't matter how many coaches I went to. I was like, is it one cup of sugar or two? How much leg? How much hand? When do you use the outside drain? How much of the outside drain? How exactly would you use the outside drain? Like when you sift the flour, do you shake it? Do you just um, pulse it? Like how do you sift flour? And, of course, the answers are very hard to come by because horses, you know, it does become very individualized. Like you can't just say it is always one cup of leg. Because one horse might not need as much leg, one horse might need something else. Um, but again, I just went, no, but there has to be a framework. I get that the, the horses and the humans and the riders, they're all individuals and they're all that, but there has to be a framework. So then I kind of took it to writing the alphabet. We all write and know how to write the letter A so that it forms an A that people can recognize, but actually how we choose to, you know, we do tend to put our own imprint on that A. And as ever, however many million people there are in the world, we all have a bit of a different um, handwriting. So I understood that the, the, the horse riding can be our handwriting, but I was like, I still don't know how to write an A. And so I've tried to systemize dressage at least into the alphabet. So everyone can at least form a shoulder in that resembles an A and can, you know, give a half pass that is, a, you know, resembles a B. And then how you perfect that half pass and how you polish that half pass and how you make it the prettiest half pass on the planet, that's the nuance of is it one, you know, one cup of sugar or actually it's one and a quarter and that amazing chef just knows how to play with those ingredients to make it the best chocolate cake you've ever tasted but I was like I'm not up to the best chocolate cake I've ever tasted I'm up to I'd like to make a chocolate cake and right now I, I can't even do that does that make sense yes absolutely. I, I, I love your perspective on on what dressage is and 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 how to break it down I, that's uh it makes sense to me, well, because I'm involved in it every day. And, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. tell us a little bit about your website and your program. Yeah, so um, the the website just came about um, just, again, wanting to help people. I love dressage now. I giggle. I'm, it's very playful and fun for me, but it took me like 15 years to get here. So, you know, I, I wanted to just help people if they were interested in, you know, maybe doing it a different way and having more fun with it. And then I also, um, at one stage, a different salmon um, that I had imported over from Europe. After six or eight weeks having him, um, he bucked me off and I broke a bone in my back. And I wasn't allowed to ride for a long time. And then obviously getting back into the riding, I was I had that fear that I'd never experienced before, that pit in your stomach, that feeling of, you know, the adrenaline running through your body and your whole body shaking and putting that foot in the syrup. And I was like, oh, my gosh, he's a really strong stallion and powerful and egotistical. If I get on him weak or scared or vulnerable, I'm in so much trouble. <laughs> so I was like, I need to learn how to have I need to, how do I have confidence? How do I overcome my fear? How do I go, I've got this when I don't have this? I'm, I'm, I, I'm in victim mentality. I wanted to crawl into a little ball and shake in the corner a little bit. Um, so how do, how, how do I do that? And again, I was then also studying NLP at the time. I don't know if you've heard of NLP. It stands for Neuro Linguistics programming and it's just a success methodology and the understanding that our world is not our world or our reality is not our reality how we perceive it and the only um, we're in control of that and we get to decide all of that 
But that really, really helped me. And again, there was nothing out there um, for me to overcome the fear. So I just um, used what I was learning and applied it to my writing and uh, overcoming my fear. And I went, okay, yay, feel great. Can get back on the stallion and, you know, and he backs me up so many more times. But I never felt fear anymore. I just get back on and go, all right got this um finally got it but he couldn't cut me off anymore thank you of course um, <laughs> but again I was coaching people and then I became a mother myself and I was coaching people that were either um feeling great confident had kids and suddenly it disappeared or they had had a fall and they weren't confident or none nothing had happened to them but they just one day woke up and were scared. Um, so I started, you know, teaching that and got really great results. And I went, okay, awesome. I need to help the world with this. I was always aware that um, my time was finite and my, um, I, if I work with someone one-on-one, that's, you know, that's only one person I can help and I need to help the world. I need to help, you know, every rider on the planet who is feeling that horrible feeling because riding something, you know, if you're scared of snakes, that's cool. Just don't touch a snake. Don't go around a snake. It's really easy. But with horses, we love them. So to be scared of something you love and to be, um, you know, to have a horrible feeling about something that actually gives you a great feeling, to me, is just the most painful thing a human can go through. So I'm just obsessed. I get really, <laughs> I'm getting really fired up because, you know, I just, I want to solve that for people. I want to help people with that because um yeah they, they they have to have fun with what they love and to feel that horrible feeling about what they love is just not cool in my yeah. world yeah no i think it's 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 such a big issue for for all, everyone i mean i even have it as as i get older you know it it, it just it kind of yeah. happens yep. and you know all of your yep. baggage and all the horses and you know so it's a real thing and so giving people strategies to handle it is is fantastic and that's you know one of the reasons we loved your website and we felt like we wanted to highlight it because uh it's such a real thing for so many people so um, Natasha, how can people find you online if they have any more questions or want to learn more about the programs? Yep, the, the website you've given, yourwritingsuccess.com. We've got heaps of free classes, heaps of free resources, um, you know, anything I can do to help, just let us know. We're also on Facebook and Instagram and YouTube, heaps of free YouTube videos. Um, and really just we, I, I, I employ a team to be there for you. So if you want to talk to us, if you want help with your specific situation, private message us, email us, call us. I'm pretty sure our mobile number's there. Like just we're here for you. Um, we get it. Like, you know, I'm on a mission on the planet to help writers experience as much fun, love, joy in every moment. Um, and that's what, you know, the business is there to do. That's what everyone's job is. So yeah, if anyone needs help, just head over to the website or the social media channels and get in touch. Fantastic. And one more time, what is the website? YourWritingSuccess.com. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much. And we look forward to hearing from you in the future. Oh, my absolute pleasure. It was so fun. Thanks for having me. Well, we are entering a new year, thank God. If you're looking to start the year off right, then consider a new Bait Saddle. Bait Saddles are the saddle brand that truly puts your horse first. Enjoy comfort, optimum balance, and seamless contact with your horse, leaving you free to concentrate on your aids. Consider the new Bait's Artiste Dressage Saddle. It features a movable flexi-contour block, adjustable ergonomic stirrup bar, and luxe leather. The new Bait's Artiste Dressage Saddle has a position so natural and a connection so sensitive that the saddle all but disappears and your performance is amplified. Let's hear what Ali Saxon, the United States inventor, has to say about it. I really like the streamline look that it gave. Um, I love the Avanta and I love the close contact of the Avanta and I saw very similar features in this saddle as the Avanta had so I was really excited to see how it felt once I sat in it. Sitting in it, I liked the close contact feel that it gave it right away. Um, with the Webers, it also gave the ability to kind of really wrap your leg around without having any interference. Um, right away, the balance felt super, uh, very comfortable. The panels were nice and soft on my thigh. Everything about the saddle was clearly well thought through, and as a rider, it's nice to sit down in a saddle that feels designed not just for you, but also for the horse's comfort. Learn all about Bait Saddles at BatesSaddles.com. That's BatesSaddles.com.
Well, tonight we are really excited to have our Horse Radio Network Auditor Book Review of Uta Graf's Effortless Dressage Program, and we have Auditor Katja Korsh on the show. Katja, welcome. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here doing this. This is super fun. We are pumped to have you. Katja, tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay, well, I am German originally, but I've been in the United States since I was a child. And I currently live in central Alabama, just south of Birmingham, where I am a trainer. And my primary emphasis is on dressage, but I use science-based methods, positive reinforcement, clicker training, you know, and I try to use, you know, best practices to have a very humane and ethical training approach. And I have my own little farm here. I have four horses and a donkey. And an assortment of cats, dogs, and chickens. And I just kind of do my thing. I love it. Where in Germany are you from? I was born in Tübingen, which is in the south, kind of near Frankfurt. But I spent most of my time way up in the north in Germany, in the Kolstein area near Köln, which is about 15 minutes from the Baltic Sea, and up near Denmark. And it's in the heart of the, you know, Holsteiner area. I worked with Holsteiners, Turkaners, Oldenburgers. I did a lot of stints as a working student as I was growing up. I went back and forth a lot, and I spent many, many years in Germany as a working student. So my dressage foundation is very classical, and that's where I learned it. Absolutely. So you would have loved Uta Graf's book. Oh, Tell yes. us about oh, it. Yes. I mean, there, there are no words for how much I love that book, but I guess I better come up with some words because that's why I'm here. Right? <laughs> <laughs> that, is, that is technically why we called you, yes. Um, so, but what do you think about the book? Tell us a little bit about it. I, I really, really like the book. I found it very easy to read, the format. Um, the practical exercises and the green boxes that were throughout the book were great. Because, you know, that's something you can kind of quickly refer back to, you know, and it's real easy to just kind of flip through the pages and get some ideas from that. And also the case studies, she had like five or six very different horses that she kind of interspersed, you know, their their histories and their case studies throughout the book. So that kind of broke up the text so you don't just get bogged down, you know, in all the theory. And that just made it real easy to read. And plus there's lots of pretty pictures, tons of pretty pictures. So, but yeah, I really, yeah. really, I like, as far as a readability standpoint, I really like that. Yeah, I was just going to say that, that that was probably my favorite part of the book as well, is that you get a real personal touch and a personal experience from uh, Uta herself, because she talks about horses that she's riding. And and I think a couple of them were, you know, Grand Prix a few years ago, but it, it's still, like I said, oh, you know, I remember that horse or I, I've seen video of that horse. And and then you, you, you kind of get a, a personal connection to how she talks about each horse's personality and how they she needed to train them and some specific, specific problems um, that we she was trying to solve with, with her training. Right, yes. Yes, so each horse, you know, had its own particular set of challenges you know they were all very different and some were more talented than others but they all were you know developed to the best of their potential and I like I found it very relatable because you know I've been a long long time fan of Uta Glade and I have a huge horsey crush on Dame Jerome I just love that horse. I'm like oh my god and so amazing, you know DJ was one so of her cool. case study horses and so it was really neat to kind of see you know get some insight into you know, how she worked with him. So that was really cool. You know, I just think that, you know, the trainers in general, you know, and people that read this book and anybody that, you know, works with horses basically is a trainer. I mean, you're always training. You're either training good or you're training bad, right? So you're always teaching yes. a horse something when you're working with them. And I think that trainers should take into account the horse's ethology. And I think this book clearly shows how well she understands the biological needs of the horse and takes them into account. You know, she has a very kind science-based approach, which is unsurprisingly very effective. And, and, you know, the whole underlying thread of the book is less is more, you know, the more we manage and control and take away the horse's autonomy, the more adversely it impacts our relationship with the horse. And, you know, the whole thing is, you know, she has a thing about, you know, Drink coffee in your pirouette, you know? Yeah, I love that. 
you know, make it effortless, make it, you know, less is more. And, you know, you see so many riders out there, it's like she said, the horse looks like it's the one drinking the coffee and the riders up there die. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, there, there was lots of that, that kind of humor stuff, go, you know, as a thread throughout the book and, and also, you know, talking life. about yeah. the, the horse as a, as a complete animal, a holistic approach to training that they, they need turnout and they, you know, they need fun right. and they, you know, and, and that's something to, that, that uh, can get lost to, a little bit. Yeah. We have to allow the horse, you know, their independence and their freedom of choice. You know, it really boils down to choice and consent. For the horses, she talks about sticky horses, you know, horses that are quote unquote lazy. And basically how that's caused by the rider because the riders are like too controlling and over aiding them to death, you know. And what I loved about it, I love the part in the book where she talks about, you know, the para riders. You know, because yes. she's the coach for the paralyzers. And it really proves her point, you know, that not to override the horse and that, you know, timing of the aids and tact are effective and not managing and aiding them to death all the time. Because paralyzers can't over-aid their horses because they physically, you know, can't do it with their physical limitations. So they have to, you know, rely on, you know, their timing and their balance and just being, you know, a tactful rider, you know. So it yeah. really proves her point. Yeah, and making sure that the the aids that you do apply are intentional and uh, yeah. con- consequential. Consequential is mm-hmm. is is a word I like to use. Is you know, yes, that's a perfect yes. word. And, and um, you know, we use that in, in German. Consequence. You know, it's got to it's got to mean something. It's got to you know, you want to be clear and concise. You know, so. I also like the the way she goes into, you know, mental and emotional enrichment, you know, not just, you know, staying in the dressage room and taking the horse out onto like her husband's working equitation course and doing obstacles and, and doing a lot of groundwork and, you know, turnout. And, you know, she emphasized that. And I'll be honest, I almost cried in the part of the book where she talked about DJ being so depressed as a stallion because he was so anxious all the time. And, they finally gelded him so he could just be a horse and go out and not have to worry about mares and not fret. And I was like, you know, that's really putting the horse first. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Cause he's yeah. a, po- he's a popular stallion to breed to. I mean, he's got, um, yeah, you know, that had to you be know, a kind of successful, decision, yeah. but you know, they made that decision for him and he's a happy boy, you know? So I loved it anyway. So overall, I mean, that was just basically my assessment is that, you know, the book very much resonates with me because that's how I train because I'm a positive reinforcement, you know, science-based trainer. And that's, you know, everything she said just really just resonated with me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, we- I, I, sorry, I was just going to say part, part, one, another part of this book was kind of, kind of near the end. And it talks about, you know, the mental attitude of riders. And uh, yes. I just, I just pulled this, this quote out. Because I thought it was really, you know, kind of funny, and and for all all our, our listeners, I think would enjoy it. Is that the quote says, "I don't know whether riding dressage makes people crazy, or if only crazy people ride dressage." <laughs> I busted out laughing when I read that. I I laughed out loud. That that spoke that. to me so that much. Is, yeah, right. but, <laughs> it, I mean, yeah, that was great. Yeah, where's it, where does it start? It's a chicken or yeah. egg kind of. Yeah, kind of we're all like, right? uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. You know, and then what, one, one other one other quote that I wanted this. to wanted to bring to people is um, she talks about teaching or people's mental mental approach to writing a lesson where she has, uh, for instance, a student that says, I, I simply don't have enough talent. Um, this should be the first sentence that you strike from your list. This thought can Absolutely. be an enormous mm-hmm. obstacle to your development because good writers are good because they practice. And not, no, I like, I, I don't, I, you know, I've read other things about this. Like people think that they're born with talent, but it's just, it's just people who are determined and who practice, you know, it's the 10,000 10, hours theory. You got to get to your 10,000 hours to be good at, yeah. good at anything. It well, has I'm nothing to do proof. with talent. Yeah. yeah. I'm living proof that I'm not the world's most talented person, but I've worked my, you know, what off, you know, to get where I am with it. And, and it's just a, you know, the love of the sport and the desire to get out there and just every day throw a leg over, you know, and do, just do the thing, just practice. And, you know, because God knows I'm no great talent, but, 
You know, I love that. Yes, I, I totally met. I'm glad you brought that up, Philip, about the mental training of the rider. I think that's so important. Yeah, it's, it really it's a is. super it's a super humbling sport for for anyone. And <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> and, and you need the right mental approach, you know, to go out and do it day after day. Well, and that, that there is a mental aspect, right? I mean, she talks about how mental training helps and how you have to do mental training obstacles and, and, and exercises just like anything else. And I, I actually took that because it's true, right? Part of this is mentally and it's mentally challenging some days and some days it's really, really difficult. And, um, so I really like that she also went into that along with the horses that the same thing with the horses, like you may not have the most talented horse, but you can, you can really improve that horse dramatically with quality yeah. of life and, and, you know, I, I, I thought it was just great. So I think the three of us would highly recommend this book. So we're going to tell you how to get it again, but it's Uta Graf's Effortless Dressage Program, a top rider's key to success using play, groundwork, trail riding, and turnout. And you can get this book at horseandriderbook.com, horseandriderbooks.com. And, um, Katja, you were eligible. What we do is every, um, it's usually a couple times a year, right, Phil? Sometimes it's once a month. It sort of depends on how busy we are. Um, but we pick a book club book and we offer to the auditors of the Horse Radio Network. And you can find more information out on that program on horseradionetwork.com. That helps us at the network run smoothly. Uh, and there's a great Facebook page. And that is how you're eligible to review the book with us. So Katja, that's, uh, we're so glad you were able to come online and talk to us. And if anybody wanted to find you and your business in Alabama, how did they do that? Well, I do have a Facebook page for course horsemanship. That, and I'll, I also have a website that I really desperately need to get on an update because I'll be honest, I have really been behind on that. But I am on Facebook, um, you know, both as an individual by my name, Katya Korsh, and my Korsh Horsemanship Facebook page. Fantastic. Well, thanks for coming on the show and reviewing the book. And we, um, we've, everyone really loves this program. We're going to keep it going and uh, we appreciate you coming on. So thanks so much and stay safe. Thank you. Thank you so much. And likewise. Well, Phil, I mean, I think one of the hardest things for all of us is obviously saddle fit and how, uh, you know, your saddle fits and, you know, we have a little solution to this problem. Totalsaddlefit.com is fantastic and all their, uh, all their products. But today, actually, this was, this just happened to me in my barn. One of my, uh, barn mates here, she was really struggling with her saddle sliding forward. And I said, Hey, why don't you just try the total saddle fit shoulder relief girth helped a lot. So it was really cool to see just, I mean, Justin makes amazing saddle fit, um, all kinds of tools, but to try the girth on, you know, she never used the girth before and it really made a difference. So we truly love these girths. We use them every day. We have every version of the girths. Um, but it was really cool that there was a saddle fit problem. I just let, let her borrow the girth and it pretty much solved the problem. So uh, and she, yeah, and, we've been, yeah. we've been using these girths for what three years now, Reese. Maybe from, longer. From the first design. And we're just, we're not used to having saddle, you know, saddle sliding, saddle moving problems. Because, no. <laughs> because the, the girths work so well. And then when somebody else is like, oh, you know, my saddle fits. Or you go, see, you go teach a lesson and the saddle yeah. sliding around. I'm like, what are you doing with this girth? <laughs> you need, it, you know, it's a, it's a fairly inexpensive solution to a problem that we've all dealt with. So that's, that's the shoulder relief girth. They have a stretch check version. They have all versions, all, all different liners. I think people should just go ahead and check them out at totalsaddlefit.com. Absolutely. And this week we have a fantastic total saddle fit tip of the week from Chrissy Waisaki. We hope you enjoy. This week's dressage training tip is brought to you by Total Saddle Fit, home of the shoulder relief girth at totalsaddlefit.com. 
well tonight for our total saddle fit tip of the week. We have Christy Waisaki on the show again. She is an FEI four-star dressage judge, an FEI five-star para judge, and a USEF sport horse judge. Christy, welcome back. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Always fun to talk with you guys. We love having you, and you have such amazing tips and I mean, you're just full of knowledge and we wanted to talk a little bit about confirmation in our tip of this, our tip this week. Can you kind of get us started? Sure. I thought something that might be useful for people to um, kind of get reminded of, because it really doesn't get presented that often, is that the confirmation of the horse, uh, it's not the end of the game if a horse is not the perfect confirmation for dressage. But it is important to understand their confirmation and understand what parts of the confirmation affect different aspects when you are training a dressage horse. And there's three major categories where confirmation comes in and plays a role. The first is the training of the horse. Different confirmations of horses will have to have some different approaches to the training, not that you go off classical training by any means, but you definitely are going to ride a horse, for instance, with a very high set neck. You would ride that horse very different than a horse that had a low set neck. So that is the first subject that we focus on for confirmation things that might affect that. Uh, one example is a thick throat latch can affect training because if it's very thick, they can have trouble breathing. And that obviously would interfere with some training issues. Um, the second subject uh, that we categorize confirmation issues into is movement concerns. And this would be, for example, if the horse has confirmation that causes them to paddle or wing, where there's a deviation of the movement of the leg from just traveling straight. And um, that's the second category. And it's quite important too, because depending on how it affects the movement of the horse, it can actually become an issue for the safety of the horse or the rider. Um, and everybody always wants to say, well, what's the difference between paddling and winging? I get confused as to which one is which. And a million years ago, I won't, can't remember how many, but it seems like a million. Uh, Hilda Gurney taught me the way to remember is that the paddle goes outside the boat. So the horse whose leg deviates to the outside is the paddler. And the horse that deviates to the inside is the winging horse. And the reason I bring that up as as an effect for the movement is the horse who paddles will lose some length of stride because the leg arches out instead of just traveling straight ahead. So the length of stride will be reduced to some minor degree to significant depending on how bad but the horse that wings can actually interfere with themselves and sometimes can cause um, some splint bone breaks are caused by a horse that wings and then one step beyond winging is a horse that they travel so close together that the one front foot lands in front of the other and we call that plating and that's um, that's really what we put in the category of severe confirmation issues because a horse who plates can easily trip, which then it makes it a safety issue for them and the rider. So that's the second category with, that we classify as movement concerns related to confirmation. And then the third one is soundness, which is obviously the one that is the most concern. And here we get into if a horse has severe confirmation issues, they are most likely going to have soundness issues that will follow behind. And by severe, we talk about um, things like a, a, a very crooked leg, a leg that deviates um, way high in the leg. The higher up the leg, the deviation begins, the more severe the effect will be the more torque and um, strain on all the soft tissue down the entire leg will occur. So for instance, a horse that might just toe out slightly from the fetlock down is much less likely to have soundness issues than a horse whose leg deviates 
and the deviation starts way up in the shoulder area and just continues to come down and down and down. And typically a horse that has that kind of deviation will have the problem up high and then they'll have another problem and then another problem and another problem. They just kind of build on top of each other. It's very common when they have severe confirmation issues that they tend to join together and have a party and cause you <laughs> havoc. Um, so those are the three main categories that confirmation really plays a big role in our sport. And most of the time people only think about the soundness one and it's actually really important to think about it in, in the training of every horse, because if you understand your horse's confirmation, you can train them more effectively because if you're having trouble getting them to do something, if you look at their confirmation, you might go, oh, that's why they can't do it. So I need to do more of this or more of that in order so that they can become strong enough, supple enough, et cetera, so that they can do what I want them to do. So it Chrissy, actually yeah, I was going to jump in. I was like, you're such yeah. a wealth of knowledge and you, you know, you, you teach a lot of courses and, and you're involved with the USEF and the USDF in, in providing this education. Where did you where did you get all all of this knowledge and and how you know how have you learned all about this? The start of my knowledge with this really came when I uh, spent three months. I had the fortune to go to Hilda Gurney's farm, King Ridge Farms in California, in 1996, and I was there for three months in the spring. And there were 12 foals born while I was there. And she also had two stallions there at the time. And that I kind of went into the breeding world head first with that. I mean, it was, um, yeah, it was a lot going on with that many babies born and I just fell in love with it. And I learned so much from her and her vet, uh, at the time, Marta Grandstead, um, because I held, I was living on the farm. So I got to help a lot with full watch and that kind of thing. And, I just got enamored with it. Um, I love to learn. I have an, ed an engineering education and I love to learn. And after those three months at Hilda's, I just dove in and uh, kept learning and learning. And then I decided I wanted to become a sport horse judge uh, with USEF, which then led me to more opportunities to uh, spend more time at Hilda's, going to seminars and working uh, when you're training to become a sport horse judge, uh, you have to go to several educational seminars and work with live horses and evaluate all types of different confirmations so that you really learn to see the horse um, for what it is. Because when you step back and just look at a horse that has, you know, especially when they're black and they're really pretty, you can't see much. <laughs> <laughs> and you walk up closer and start actually looking for the real horse. I call looking for the horse underneath the hair. Um, you, you, it's amazing. Sometimes it can be deceptive um, with, because the hair, it does hide a lot. And, uh, and then I got involved as an educator with USDF and USDF. And I helped create the um, training module for the, sport horse seminar that USDF puts on and a lot of the judges education for sport horse. And by putting those courses together, I spent hundreds of hours studying and researching and studying again and researching again to really make sure that I had the right information to put into those educational formats. And now you've, you've brought that online and made it available to people through, through an online course. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, this year, 2020, the, the year of strangeness for us all, right? Um, I, I spent more time on a computer in 2020 uh, teaching lessons and um, going to meetings. And the whole time I was spending all the time with these virtual, I even did a few virtual seminars. And while I was doing that, it dawned on me that our discipline is not using that format of education to its full potential. And so I decided to start an online educational platform called the Y Dressage Academy. And uh, the first course is 
specifically about conformation and movement of the dressage horse and how it impacts your eye when you're buying and breeding and training the dressage horse. So I'm very excited about that. So how can we find more information about the Y Dressage Academy? Uh, you can go on the website, which is ywydressageacademy.com, and you can see uh, the, the course outline is there. There's a short video on information with that. You can also go to my page on Facebook. There's a lot of information there also. But really, the best place is that the website itself has the details. And then if you're interested in it, you can actually sign up there too. So, um, but it's why just W Y dressage academy.com. Like my last name. Well, Chrissy, thank you so much. It sounds like a fantastic program. And I hope this gave everybody just a taste of what, what will you will be getting in the seminar. So thanks so much for coming on and we wish you all the best. And we can't wait to hear how the first session goes. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate you having me on again tonight. It's great to talk to you guys again. Well, Phil, as always, we love email and Facebook shout outs. They really, really keep us smiling. We enjoy it when you guys send them to us. So keep them coming. Uh, We've got some great listener tips um, or questions uh, in the queue and we will grab them. Uh, We've just been busy with, with some tips. So we hope you guys are all enjoying it. As always, you can find our show notes and links to today's guests on our website, dressageradio.com. Like us on Facebook, just search Dressage Radio Show. Follow us on Twitter at Horse Radio. My website is maplecrestfarmky.com, and my email is reese at horseradionetwork.com. I think the best way to find me is through Facebook, and my email is philip at horseradionetwork.com. I'd like to thank our sponsors for allowing us to put on a good show. That's ProStride. Kentucky Performance Products, Eco Gold, Bait Salary, and Total Saddle Fit. Don't forget to check out all the other shows on the Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com. Everybody, keep your heels down and your shoulders back, and we look forward to talking with you in two weeks. Mm-hmm.